We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. You can find me on Twitter, at Pat Moran Tweets. It is Friday. That means it's casual Friday. That means, as always, like always, I should say, I'm joined by my good friend, writer, podcaster, sports media guru. <laughs> I like saying that word, guru. My man, Joe Yurden. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good, man. We're, uh, it's, uh, it's nice to, to kind of get into a real winter here, you know, like sure. we've, we've had soft winter to this point. And, uh, I think finally this past week we had a real taste of winter and you're probably very annoyed at that. I am uh, very annoyed at it. There's no question but, uh, about it. I, I, let me say like, I, I I finally had to like actually wear my winter coat out to go you know to to go outside and do and do stuff and I was like yeah it's fine but like the temperature was like under twenty degrees and I was like eh, I don't even feel it at all and I was like I was like do I not have any nerves anymore Are my senses broken I don't this shouldn't this should affect me in some way but it was fine I think it was probably because there was no wind that that probably helped out I am. Uh... I know Buffalo is known as, as a tough town. You know, you term Buffalo tough all the time, and it's just a very blue-collar city. I'm, I'm all right with admitting that that's not me. I'm not like that, man. I am not tough. I am not very blue-collar. I do not like being cold. And quite frankly, so we're taping this like we usually do casual Friday. We usually tape this around lunch lunchtime-ish on Thursday mm-hmm. afternoons. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Well, Wednesday wasn't bad. Monday, I think it might have been Monday. I didn't leave my house. It was just too damn cold. Tuesday was pretty much the same. I left my mm-hmm. house pretty much because I work from home, all right? So I don't have to get up and go to an office. And then I have a second job, but I don't work until later on Thursday. But anyway, uh, I, I think I've left my house one time in the last three days just because it's just too damn cold for me, man. And I'm not, <laughs> and in fairness to me too, I'm also not used to it. You know, that makes a difference too. Like you get a little used to got you a little bit of a break, a yeah. little bit, not much. I, I mean, I mean, I don't deserve much of a break, but maybe a little bit because it's just, uh, it, it's too cold. By the way, before we get started, of course, obviously we're going to talk bills. I mean, this is a huge week, Buffalo bills, New England Patriots round three for all the marbles. Literally, this is a playoff game. We'll talk Sabres, 
things have taken a, a turn for the worse, to, to put it mildly. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that. This week's starting five draft, we are doing, I, I'm excited about, I mean, look, I always like doing these drafts with you. Win, lose, or draw, and I usually lose, but I always have fun doing them with you. It's always a good time, but there are certain topics that are like, I get really excited about, and today's one of them. We're doing 80s movie soundtrack. Man, I can't wait for that. But anyway, I, I do have to tell you, and it's, this ain't funny. I don't even know why I'm smiling right now. Oh, by the way, too, everyone's listening to this podcast like normal. Hopefully you are anyway. Joe mm-hmm. and I are experimenting on StreamYard because sooner or later, we're going to start dropping, I, I've been talking about this on the show, some video elements, not necessarily the whole entire podcast won't be on YouTube, but certainly clips from it. Highlights from this will be on there, some live streaming stuff coming up in the future. So anyway, this is our first time kind of experimenting with graphics and doing this on StreamYard. But anyway, I say that because I kind of had a smile on my face. Well, this is actually no laughing matter involving COVID, of course, because, you know, what else is there? Right. My daughter yeah. is, and my daughter is in her early 20s. Her and her boyfriend, and by the way, let me also preface this too. I'm not really complaining too much because there are literally tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of, of people and families out there where the result ends up much worse, okay? And like mm-hmm. life and death. This wasn't life and death. This was more of a really bad inconvenience. Anyway, my daughter and, and her boyfriend saved up for a long time, like a lot of people, to go on a, a cruise, a vacation together. And they went to Punta Cana last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were supposed to come home Monday night. And I was to pick up my daughter from the airport and, and, and her boyfriend. And they test. And, and now to fly back in the United States, you have to test, you know, obviously for COVID. Mm-hmm. On Monday morning, my daughter's boyfriend tested positive for COVID. And long story short, for three and a half days, didn't get to come home. Quarantining in a, yeah. in a room and no sun. I mean, like no wind, no nothing. A quarantine room in Putacana, stuck in a foreign country, not in the United States, yeah. because, because of COVID. Now, he tested positive. Now, she just, she tested negative every day. I'm telling you, Joe, I've t- me, my son, my daughter have tiger blood, man. We're, we're going to be the only three people, I think, in the world when this is all said and done to not get COVID. <laughs> but seriously, and I'm not joking here when I say this. It, that sucks. You know, you're, you're trying to get back home. You got a life, got work, you got mm-hmm. responsibilities. And stuck in another country when tested positive for COVID. And, and obviously, my daughter wasn't going to fly back home without him. Although, ultimately, mm-hmm. by Wednesday, she did. He made, he made her leave. goes, you got to go back home and do stuff. So anyway, he's just... Hopefully tonight, I believe Thursday night, he's going to be getting back home. But man, getting stuck in another country, testing positive for COVID at a resort when you're on a a vacation, yeah, that that sucks. That's, that's the worst. That's not yeah. the worst because again, there's worse outcomes. And by the way, other than some minor ailments, he he's felt fine, you know. But mm-hmm. that sucks, dude. And. I, I, the thing is, it 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 comes completely unexpected too. Like you, mm-hmm. like I know it's gonna be in the back of everybody's mind when you go somewhere, but I mean, at the same point, it's like you're going on vacation. You're like, all right, get me get let me get away from all this stuff. Let me just relax, go to the beach, have a nice time. You know, get some get some pina coladas. Call you know, just enjoy things. Yeah. Like and then suddenly it's just like, eh, hey, by the way, you're not going anywhere for the next three days at least. Uh, get into this room, stay there, don't go anywhere else, please. Thank you. You know, and it's like, 
Neat, cool. You've turned like a beautiful tropical getaway into a total hell because this sucks. You know, like, like I like what like, what what can you even do about that? There's Nothing. Not, like, all you can do is just like, all right, cool. Guess I'm here. Like that's awesome. Thanks. There's nothing you can do about it. It's yeah. just every walk of life at this point, COVID obviously is affecting. And again, I'm nitpicky here and I'm not, there could have been a much worse outcome. It's, that's just a, a serious inconvenience, but uh, that sucks. But anyway, I just, I wanted to get that out of the way. I want, I want to jump right into the bills here because this is a, uh, this is a big game. It is a big week, a big Buffalo sports week period. And, uh, let, let me ask you this. This is where I want to go with this conversation right now. When it comes to the Buffalo Bills in this game specifically, we're, we've been talking about like it's a big thing on Twitter. Understandably so. The weather will be a factor. It's expected to be potentially as low as zero degrees come kickoff mm-hmm. Saturday night. Just absolutely bone chilling, frigid weather. Now, the first time the Bills played the Patriots, it wasn't that cold, but there was like 30 mile an hour winds or whatever have you. Maybe even more than that. It was just really bad. This time around, that won't, hopefully that won't be an issue, but cold, that, that's an issue. When it's zero degrees, man, that's a, that's an issue. That is an obvious concern. If you're a Buffalo Bills fan, that concerns you. The Bills are built, well, they've been running the ball much better of, of late, but the Bills have a quarterback and they're meant to, to sling the ball around. You know, that's how they win football games. Mm-hmm. I've said it before, turnovers is the biggest thing. But aside from that, weather can also be the great equalizer when a, a team that might be more talented on paper plays a team that maybe is a little less inferior. And you could argue if New England's even inferior whatsoever. But anyway, my point is, weather's obviously going to be a factor. We don't need to talk about that. Everyone's talking about that. I wanted to ask you, going into this game, and everyone who listens to the show, you know, Joe, Joe's not a Bills fan. And I, right. and I like that. And the there's Bills nothing- watcher. You're a Bills watcher. Yeah. Yes, you're you're an avid Bills watcher, not a necessarily a Bills fan. And I like I that. You have to be a Bills watcher around here. There's, you don't have a choice otherwise. Right, right, right. But as a Bills, all right, well, forget the word fan. As a Bills watcher then, what are, in your opinion, at least one or two other uh, non-weather concerns? Again, because we could talk about the weather for the next hour and how that may affect, and that might bring up it at some point. But aside from the weather, moving past that, what are a couple of things about this game that concerns you most? Well, I one thing that would be in the back of my mind is how poorly New England's played the last four or five weeks, basically since they lost to Buffalo um, a few weeks back. Like, they've been not great at all. They, they've looked pretty bad. They've had some very questionable being you know, games where it's just like, yeah, what the heck's going on with this team? Like, I think they lost, like, what, three of their last four games? I think going into the postseason, like, I don't know, man. Like, that's that, that's something where you could look at that and go, yeah, all right, we're, you know, Bills are hot right now. They're playing really well, granted, against some pretty trash teams. But, you know, sure. it's not, let's not, let's not get down that road again. But, um, but I mean, it's not like New England's been playing world beating teams either. Like, they've, you know, they've just, you know, they look bad against the Colts, you know, whatever. So did the Bills, you know. Um, so I, I would try to not get that in my head. Like, yeah, these guys are coming in pretty soft. Like we can, we can knock them around. You don't want to do that because the other factor is you're playing them for the third time. There's not a lot of secrets left. Right. Uh, you know, you've, you've kind of, I know the first game's kind of a throwaway to a degree because of the, you know, because that was just like, you basically saw every run play out of new England's playbook. 
in that game. And, you know, the Bills are still trying to do a normal day of play calling, even though they couldn't in that game. And then the second game was was a little bit more normal uh, as far as that goes. And you, if you don't have the other team scouted out well enough to kind of have an idea of, like, anything that they might do, and you know you're you've done a poor job of scouting them out, but um, but there's no secrets anymore. You know what the other team can do. You know what they're capable of, and you know pretty much the kind of plays that they're going to run. Like you know, New England's going to lean a little bit more on the run, uh, just because Mac Jones struggled. You know, you know they struggled in protecting him. He struggled in throwing the ball. They want to try to they want to try to have as much of a Titans game against Buffalo as they can. Sure. Where. You know, they use the run, set up the play action, and hope and hope that the play action is enough to freeze the defense so that they can get some passes away. Um, those are my concerns with it as far as Buffalo goes. Where like, you know, you're not. I don't get psyched. You know, if I'm them, if I'm Buffalo, I don't get psyched out about the coach thing. Like, you know, McDermott took it very to heart after you know they lost uh, they lost in Buffalo this season that he got you know, outcoached by Belichick. And it's like, well, you kind of did, bud. And he, but he took an offense to it and he, you know, tried to, you know, essentially whip it out and show it to New England in, in, in Foxborough. And he did it, you know, they did a good job of that because they really, they really handled the Patriots well. But, um, but at the same point, like you can only get that worked up once about things like, you know, if anything, Belichick's going to be like, oh, you, you think you're all good now. Okay, cool. Like, let me, let me get out my double secret playbook and have my have my double secret spies who have been hanging around in Buffalo all week try to you know try to get me some surprises about stuff. But um, but yeah, it's I'm not worrying all that much about New England because the Bills are the better team. Like that's straight up, flat out. Like that's the case. The weather could be an issue, but like I mean, whatever. We'll, we'll see. You know, if if Josh is if, if Allen's passes are so hard that his guys can't catch it because it's zero degrees out, then I don't know, man. Wear thicker gloves, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple things that I want to add. I, I think there are a couple things that I go into this game as a Bills fan concerned about. But before that, let me ask you this. And I had uh, Anthony from Cover One on earlier this week, and I had Benjamin Albright on as well. I asked them both the same question, and they had different answers. Well, actually, they had the same answer, but just one was much more emphatic about it than the other. And just like I told them, this is completely hypothetical. It means nothing. It's a moot point because the Buffalo Bills are playing the New England Patriots on Saturday night. Simple as that. But when you were watching that game last Sunday and the the Chargers and the Raiders are going down in the last five minutes and just was absolutely apeshit bonkers, did you find mm-hmm. yourself, maybe this is a, a tough question for you because, again, you are a Bills watcher, not necessarily a Bills fan. Yeah. You don't necessarily want... What's best for the Buffalo Bills? But do you think the all right, let me ask you this. Do you think the Bills are better off playing the Patriots than they would have been playing the Los Angeles Chargers had the Chargers found a way to win or tie that game on Sunday night? Yes. Yeah, no, 100 percent hundred percent Patriots? Yes. No, absolutely. Like and I think part of it goes back to you know what they're about. Like you know, you know what yep. they you know what they can do. You've seen it, you know what you know what they're capable of. Sure. You've already shown what you can do against Jones. You've already shown, you know, that yeah, their run game can be a can be an issue against your team. Okay, fine, but like you know what you're dealing with. Uh, with the Chargers, you, you don't really have too much of an idea um, because you know they've got really good receivers. Um, you know, you you know that your secondary is not as strong as it should be. I mean, guys are playing great. Like let's not let's not get it lost that you know that that they're you know they're a 
you know, a ship without a mast without Trey White. Um, but that that's a different thing when you're dealing with three guys who can catch the ball straight up in the receiver tree. And then you have Eckler coming out of the backfield. That creates a whole lot of different issues. And Herbert doesn't seem to get phased too much. Like even in games where he's struggled, he puts it back together later on in the game where, you know, if he has a bad first quarter or first half, he lights it up in the second half. So I, 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 the last team I'd want to deal with was the Chargers, honestly. The, as a as a first game, I don't I don't want that because you know if you get past the first round, your next two three games should you get that far are going to be hell because you're going to get good teams because that's that's the AFC. The AFC's got a ton of good teams. Uh, starting off with a team like LA, not something I would be looking forward to because that because it's not a team that they it's not like a team they've played at all this season. Like they haven't played another aside from Kansas city. And again, you know, the big asterisk around Kansas city aside from them, they haven't really played a team that likes to sling the ball around and throw it a bunch and has a quarterback that can win as opposed to, well, the system's good, but the quarterback might suck. Yeah. Like that, that's kind of where that's at with it. So the fact that it was coming down that there very well could have been a tie, then you got to deal with the chargers. I would have been like, come on, man. Like somebody, somebody please win. Like it's just, you know, the whole overtime, you're just like, please, somebody have some pride and win the game, please, because you don't want to deal with that. But I mean, hey, everything worked out. But yeah, if the choice is the Chargers or the Patriots, I want to play the Patriots. I, I don't care. I History doesn't matter. None of that matters as far as I'm concerned. I couldn't agree with you more. So we're clear here. I completely 100% agree. Ben Albright completely disagreed. And look, I respect the hell out of Ben. His attitude, his mindset was the Chargers are a much inferior team. Now, you know, you're talking about a team going out to these coasts. They don't run the ball. Their offensive line has issues. Their defense is putting it, saying their suspect is putting it mildly. Let me tell you why, though. And I could kind of tie this into the Bills right now and make this relevant. I don't, but at this, by the end of that game, I was rooting for the Raiders like the Bills were almost playing. I did not want nothing to do with the Chargers because, yes. They could go out. The Bills could have beat the Chargers 45 to 14, mm-hmm. but they very well could have lost 45 to 42. Justin Herbert's that guy. He could mm-hmm. cover up a lot of mistakes. And I like every game, every game where the Bills go into it, where we have the better quarterback. We, I, I don't like saying the word we, I hate that. That's fan yeah. talk. When the Bills have the better quarterback, I feel good about their chances. Josh Allen could play the Chargers. He could go out. He could throw for four touchdowns, 350 yards, no turnovers, and they could lose that game 45-42 because the Chargers have that firepower with Justin Herbert and their weapons. Now, again, the defense is trash, but I just, I don't know. I like the enemy that I know, and there's a couple teams in the playoffs where I feel that way about the Bills. Potentially a round two matchup with Kansas City. They could go sling the ball and find themselves in a shootout where they lose 45-42. to Maybe even the Bengals with Joey Burrow. You know, but there's certain teams where I feel like we, the, the Bills have the better quarterback, and if the offense plays the way it's capable of, nobody's beating them. On that day, I should say, whether it's Tennessee, whether it is, uh, well, New England, for starters. So that's the reason why I, I'd rather play the Patriots, just because the Chargers are da- more dangerous. The Patriots aren't going to beat themselves. You're going to have to go out and beat them. They're not going to hand you the game, I don't think. But I think I agree with you. I, I think the Bills are, the on paper, anyway, the superior team. But there are two things that concern me about this game beyond the weather. And again, the worse the weather is, I think it, this is another thing that people have been debating all week. The weather is advantageous to New England because mm-hmm. anything that will slow down Josh Allen, Matt Jones, 
It could be 80 degrees out. He's not on Josh Allen's level. Mm -hmm. But anything that might bring Josh down a little bit towards Mac Jones because of weather would be advantageous to New England. So that goes what I was saying. But the two things beyond weather that concern me about this game is one, I talked about it 10 minutes ago, and I hate to bring it up, COVID. That could happen. I'm concerned. I'm going to wake up. We're taping this Thursday. I'm going to wake up and be scared on Friday. And I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be scared on Saturday that you get a tweet or a message. You know, the Bills announced Josh Allen has entered COVID protocol or, or Stefan Diggs has entered protocol or what? Mm-hmm. Mitch Morse. There's a bunch I could go on for a long time. You know what? You get my point. Right. That's an equalizer right now. And it's unfortunate. And there's a good chance if things go the way they went over the last, what, six weeks of the NFL season, mm-hmm. there's going to be NFL games that are going to get directly impacted, if not flat out decided. Mm-hmm. By teams that are able to avoid COVID versus a team that gets stricken with it at the wrong yeah. time. So yeah. that is a concern of mine. And then the other concern is the Bills have won 11 games this year, Joe. And 11 times they won by 12 or more points. They win. They beat you. They flex on you. They route you. What the Bills have not been good at this year are one-score games. The Buffalo Bills are 0-5 this year in one score games. They lost to New England already by four. They lost to Tampa in overtime by three. They lost to the Jags by three. Uh, They lost to Tennessee by three or four points on like one of the last Mm -hmm. plays of the game. So I'm concerned that if New England finds a way to slow this game down, do a couple things right, catch a couple breaks, and now we're in the fourth quarter and we're five, six minutes left in a a one score game, are the Bills going to get tight and and make a big mistake? I, I think that's a valid concern. Do you? Yeah, no, I 100% think, think that's a, a valid concern because what we've seen in those games, those close games that they've lost, is that they really look, I th- I don't know if the right word is, they don't look composed. I don't want to say fragile. I think fragile is too, I think that's too much of a bite. Sure. They don't, they're not composed in those close games. You know, somebody... Somebody or multiple guys will come up small in those moments. You know, some couple of times it's been Allen, a couple of times it's been some of the receivers. You know, some, sometimes it's the guy drop, you know, put the ball in Zach Moss, put the ball on the ground. Uh, even Singletary's, you know, guilty of that. In the past, I mean, the past, whatever. But like this year, those big spots where they need, you know, and in a lot of those games comes down to the, you know, to the offense needing to make a play. The offense hasn't done that in those, in those big spots you know those close games you know i you know people are going to be like well you know they should have won the tennessee game yeah yeah probably should have but you know Allen still slips you know trying to push forward for a first down you know they could have kicked the field goal and tied it and gone to overtime sure but they didn't they you know it's a game probably nine times out of ten that they win but they didn't that time and it happens to be in this season where other games in that that same spot they haven't won so if it is a close game i want to see how I want to see how they respond because if they respond by by nutting up and and saying like you know screw this we're not going to lose this game, you know that's that's a great build for them because that that's something they haven't done all season. That's the kind of thing where you go okay this team's different now you know because you're going in with that thought of like man I, they better beat them by two scores because I don't like I don't like the possibility of this getting too close for comfort. Sure, uh, just because you've seen you've seen them come up small in those spots all season and that's not that's not what you you know that's not a championship team 
kind of thing, you know, whether it's a conference championship or the Super Bowl. Like the teams like teams don't get away with winning just blowing teams out constantly. You have to win some of those close games occasionally. Even the the Rams, the greatest show on turf team, like they still had to win a close game. They, you know, the, ten, the game against the Super Bowl against Tennessee was a close game. They still won it. Yeah, look, you know, the, like, the, Joe, the Bills go to the Super Bowl, and we're, I mean, let's worry about New England first. But if they go to Super Bowl, they win three in a row in this AFC playoffs. I highly doubt they're winning three games in a row by double digits, where they're not at some point late in the second half finding themselves, whether they're up a score or down a score, where they're going to have to pull it out. And this whole Sugar Josh thing, like Sugar High Josh Allen, who, you know, he tends to force stuff. But at the same token, I think that's something, that's something though you live with because, I mean, like that touchdown, the Stefan Diggs was one of the greatest plays I've, I've seen him make in his entire career last Sunday. Just nobody makes that play. But then he throws a maddening interception as well. So I, I guess I, I'm just, I'm worried about them getting a little tight if it gets to be late in the game. That said, don't really need to do a prediction segment here. I'm pretty confident based mm-hmm. on what you've said and what I've said. We both think Buffalo is going to, to find a way. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be a blowout or not. Mm-hmm. I think I think if the Bills could get up early, I think it, it, it could get ugly. I, if you take away, if you make Mac Jones have to be a thrower, that's a, a situation where I see the Bills winning by two or three scores. Yeah, I, this is the kind of game where I think Bill Belichick wants to check back into the old Bill Parcells way of playing the game. Sure, uh, grind it, grind it down, eat up tons of clock, keep the keep the dangerous offense off the field. I don't need to remind everybody about Super Bowl twenty five. That's that's everybody's got that etched into their memory here. But sure. but that's the way you have to play this Bills team. You have to find a way to eat up tons of clock and make sure that the their offense stays off the field. If you can grind them down. And eat up a lot of time and just keep, you know, just keep, you know, knacking away at first downs and, you know, having, you know, go to third down every drive and, you know, pull out a, you know, do your three yards in a cloud of dust offense. Like that's the way you, that's the way you can beat Buffalo. That's a, it's a hell of a way to do it. And if you pull it off, well, you deserve to win at that yeah. rate. But, um, but I just, I don't know. The Bills defense has played very well the last few weeks. Again, garbage competition. Like, yeah, I, you know, everybody was doing their own version of a touchdown dance, you know, as far as fans goes, you know, beating on the meeting up on the jets. And I'm just like, well, guys, <laughs> listen, the fact that that, you know, that game gets, you know, at all close, you're just kind of like, what are you doing? Like, this is stupid, but, um, but you know, it's nothing but good teams from here on out. So, you know, if you get to, if you get to put it on somebody and beat them by 20, 30 points, do it, you know, have fun with it, but you know, stay focused too. You know, this, you know, if you can pull a Raiders fifty-one to three game again, like do it against New England, like that's pretty cool. Save that, <laughs> save that for a week or two, a week or two later. <laughs> but and then one last thing too, Anthony Prohaska from Cover One when he was on Wednesday brought up a good point. The weather, even if it is zero degrees, and it looks like it's going to be close to that, it's mm-hmm. going to be cold. It's going to be uncomfortable. But there's a difference between being cold and uncomfortable and being able to be limited or have to be limited to what you can do offensively because of the wind. So mm-hmm. I think fans don't want no win either, but the players, I think the bills are more concerned about the win. And Anthony brought up a great point on Wednesday that the first time the teams played, the win was a big factor because new England decided Josh Allen was going to be able to throw the ball deep with any consistency. So by not having to respect the deep ball, new England was bringing a lot of guys up and, and really trying to clog up the short and in, in, intermediate routes. For Josh mm-hmm. Allen, whereas 
again, if it's cold, as cold as it may be, if Josh has the ability to throw that ball 30 yards on the field, that's just more blades of grass that, uh, that New England's going to have to respect. This is, again, we, we, we like to make predictions on this podcast all the time, and we're not afraid to, to look back and sound like idiots. This might be a situation where we do it. Maybe not. I don't know. But now with the playoffs starting, before we move on, mm-hmm. I, I do want to ask you, man. I got to ask you. Give me your, uh, let's look beyond this week and let's look beyond the yeah. next two weeks. Three weeks from now, three and a half weeks, whatever it may be. Give me your Super Bowl pick, man. Who's going to be playing the Super Bowl? In, I think it's in LA this year, in early February. Yeah. Who you got? You know, I've been, I have been thinking about this a bit just because you have to. Like, you can't, it's what we do. You can't not think about the sure. freaking Super Bowl. Like, it, we're in the playoffs now. You got to, you got to dig in on it. Um, and, you know, there's there's so many ways that this could really go, and I know it's like, well, yeah, no, no kidding, Joe, duh. <laughs> um, but I I know like that I, I think like the the chic pick for the NFC is the Packers, but I just don't trust them. I don't. I I I I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's it's the Packers from every past playoff that they always come up small. And granted, that's with Mike McCarthy coaching. Uh, where you know he comes up small. Looking at you, Cowboys. Sure. Looking right, looking right at you, Dallas Cowboys. I do. I would, if the Cowboys made the, the Super Bowl, I'd be shocked beyond shocked. Um, but that's because that's because I don't. I think the coach is bad. I think I think those teams succeed because the because they have the talent, not because they have the coach. Um, but I st- I don't know something about Green Bay doesn't sit right with me. I, everybody's it, it's like we talked about this this whole season. Everybody has a fatal flaw. Every team's got a fatal flaw. Yep. I think Tampa Bay is too banged up. I think, you know, I mean, yeah, they got the offense, right? You know, great, cool. Like that's, that's fine. They get, you know, they get, they get to use Le'Veon Bell now as their, as their running back. Like nice to be able to pull those guys off the, uh, off the free agent pile. But, um, but as far as the Super Bowl, I don't know. I think I'm more concerned about who comes out of the NFC because I really think the AFC is down to, I think it's down to, I think it's down to Buffalo, Kansas City, and because I don't even buy in Tennessee. I'm not even buying on the Titans. I don't, you know, we'll see what happens with, with Henry back, but mm, I don't trust them. Like, you know, it's just like, the, like we've seen Tennessee look really bad against a couple of really bad teams. You know, Buffalo, mm-hmm. we've seen it look bad against Jacksonville. Okay, fine. You know, they get whooped up on by the Colts. Like, all right, whatever. Aberration game. Man, this I I take predictions way too serious as my problem. Yes. There's a lot of it, thought going into yeah. this prediction from Joe Yurden right now. I like it because I like I, I look at it because it's like a reflection on your intelligence, and it's that's total bullshit. Like that's it's never the case. It it's just complete bullshit. Yeah. Um. Throw it out there. Let's yeah. go. Come on, baby. I think it's, you know. Don't worry. If you're wrong, all I'm going to do is call you out on Twitter and probably oh, put, don't a, worry. Like, probably put a clip of this up where, on YouTube. That's it. I'm still looking to see where Washington football team is in the playoffs. <laughs> did, they, are they, did they get a bye? They're not the number two seed. No, oh. they're not. Because I'm looking at the schedule. I don't spend <laughs> on here. Also, I, I see the Titans are playing next week. But yeah, they, they, are. they made the playoffs? Yep. Okay. Um. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I brought that up. That's that's really weird. It's funny. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm being such an asshole. Um, 
you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do a sweetheart call here. Hmm. I'm gonna say this is gonna be the Super Bowl of two years ago. I think it's gonna be Kansas City and the Rams. Kansas City and the Rams. I want I want this is this is heart over brains because I want to see Matthew Stafford win a Super Bowl. People are just like, well, I don't know, you know, a whole season was like, I don't know this guy was that good. Is, is he a new guy? Like, shut up. Now, I'll, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to be fair to you, okay? Because I knew I was going to ask you this question. So I've already had plenty of time to process whereas you were doing this as I asked you. You yeah. were having to process this all. You, you had responses ready to go. No I have had mine ready to go. And here's the funny thing. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. I got the exact same thing. Mm. I got the exact yeah, same I, thing. No. I have the exact same thing. I, I look, I know Bills fans don't want to hear this. And I, I am a Bills fan. Unlike you, I hope I'm wrong. And I do think, first of all, again, let's not take it for granted. The Bills are going to beat the Patriots. But if they do, I, in my heart of hearts, think the Bills can beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I want to make that really clear. Mm-hmm. But I've been saying it for two months now. I've asked several people on this podcast. If my life depended on getting it right, who's going to get to the Super Bowl? I'm still going with Kansas City. They've done it twice in a row. The offense is woken up. The defense is playing good enough. They're, they yeah. pretty much almost have a bye going into this first round with Pittsburgh. So mm-hmm. Pittsburgh's got no chance to win that game. I'm just going to say that right now. And if I'm wrong, I'll eat my words big time. And you'll be happy about it. Right. You'll be and, very happy about and, it. And I, I agree <laughs> with you about Tennessee. Um, I'm not even sure Tennessee will beat Cincinnati. Well, actually, you know what? The Raiders might be Cincinnati. That might be the big upset of the week, by the way. The Raiders over Cincinnati. Yeah. But anyway, I'm blabbing on here. At the end of the day, I think the Chiefs are going to win the AFC. NFC, I agree with you about the Packers. And for the, I don't even think the Packers are going to get to the championship game. They're going to have a bye this week. And if mm-hmm. things play out with Dallas, Tampa, and the Rams all win, the Rams mm-hmm. go to Green Bay. I think the Rams are going to beat Green Bay. I think Tampa's a little too banged up with injuries. At some point, Tom Brady's got to fall off a little bit, right? Maybe it'll happen in the playoffs. Who knows? But for us, this would be a, yeah. And, and it's in LA too. So it would end up being a home game, but I got Kansas city against the Rams too. So funny. We, if we actually agreed on something, so now we could bust yeah. each other. That's why I was so, kind of laughing in my mind when you arrived at that. I'm like, you know what? You just did all that. I can't make fun of you. Cause if I make fun of you, I'm fucking making fun of myself too. So, well, you know what that means? That means we're definitely both wrong, but I, I know people are going to bag on us for picking Kansas City, but I still subscribe to the Ric Flair thinking. To be the man, you got to beat the man. Yep. And, you know, it's, you know, a lot of dumb things people always say is like, well, it doesn't really count unless you beat so-and-so. It's like, well, I I think if you're Buffalo, you don't have to worry about that because if you're going to the Super Bowl, you got to beat Kansas City at some point. That's flat out. Like, I, you know, again, don't buy on Tennessee. I don't buy on, you know, Raiders or Bengals, whatever. You know, Bengals haven't won a playoff game since 1990, 1990 or 91, like whatever. Like it's something like a house gets dropped on somebody on Cincinnati and it's just like, well, that's that's their playoff luck. You know, <laughs> I just I keep thinking of that dude from the Steelers hitting Carson Palmer in the knees, like on the first you know, the, the first play, first drive in that playoff game in Cincinnati years ago. And then Palmer was just done. And they had to. They tried to try to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. with the backup quarterback. It was just like, well, you're not doing that. Like, you probably weren't beating the Steelers anyways, but you're definitely not doing it without your quarterback. <laughs> so, uh, you know that. But like, yeah, the 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 Ric Flair, the Ric Flair way of looking at things is is has never served me wrong in the past. So, you know, if Buffalo's going to do it, hey, you got to exercise all your demons, man. Like that's. That's almost like an unwritten sports rule. Like if you're going to win a title, you got to beat all the people that have haunted you on the way. I think at the end of the day, we don't talk about it much and it hasn't affected them much. 
but I think there's going to come a time where the Trey White injury is really going to be a decimating factor to the season. And I think that we hopefully not, but I, I fear that it's going to come next week in Arrowhead against Kansas City. And maybe I would have felt a little bit better had the Bills won one more game that game been in Buffalo. Maybe my mindset would be a little bit different, but we'll see what happens. Anyway, let's take a really quick break. Going to come back on the other side, talk Sabres, and do our starting five draft. Be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I'm back. Casual Friday, Joe Yurden. And, uh, well, I mean, let's talk Sabres. So you put up a post this week on your Noted Hockey Substack, and the title is just, <laughs> it's just so extremely fitting when things uh, get grim again. I, again, what what a, what a fitting title, man. This has been a very, well, from a win-loss standpoint, and let's emphasize what we've been talking about most this year, that. Sabres fans should not be putting too much stock into wins and losses, which mm-hmm. is good because right. the Sabres are three thirteen and four in their last twenty games, and they're five eighteen and five since starting five one and one at the beginning of the season. And by the way, this is going into tonight's game on Thursday night. We're taping this before the game. As we take this right now, the Sabres are twenty six points. They're sitting twenty eighth in the NHL. The only teams they have more points in is Seattle, Ottawa, Arizona, and Montreal. It, it's feeling like a bottom five season again. Best case uh, with mm-hmm. this goaltending injury circus, which, again, you talk about some of the grim stuff. We already know about all the COVID protocols and all these guys having to miss and the injuries. And now UPL's out week to week. I mean, he's going to be out several weeks. And, and mm-hmm. Supan's out for months. He, who knows? It's January. Who even knows if he comes back this year at all? They recently. Michael Hauser's back. Aaron Dell is not only back, he's for at least this moment their number one goaltender, which is mm-hmm. really bad. I mean, Dire. you ain't lying, dude. Things things suddenly took a really grim turn with this uh, hockey club this past week. 
Yeah, it's and it's it's not just frustrating. It's it's disappointing because there are a lot of really good things going on with this team. And I know it feels like you're kind of rooting around in the garbage to find them uh, because things have been very bad of late. You know, they've won five of their last 24 games. Not great. That's, that's really not great at all, but at least from those games, you're able to take away good things. Like you could, you know, Tage Thompson having a breakout season. That's awesome. You love to see that. Uh, Darlene's been very good the last three weeks. People are still nitpicking on his game, whatever it comes to the territory, but he's been very good. Um, Dylan Cousins has been outstanding all season. People are just like, where are the points? Nobody has points in this team. Like, just relax about the points. Point is, he's playing in a he's playing some very dominant style hockey. He's just, you know, the team's not deep enough. They're they're too thin on on talent right now. Um, so all the positive things they have going, you know, Rasmus Asplund's having a dynamite season he's become one of the better defensive forwards on this team um you know things like that where you're having these kinds of breakouts even Lukanen, like Lukanen was playing outstanding before he gets banged up and you know i know listen i know he was having a he had a rough first period against tampa but who knows how long he was dealing with whatever his injury was there like i mean you know you give up three goals to tampa like that's I don't know. That that that, that kind of happens to, to everybody at some point. Like that <laughs> defending two-time defending cup yeah. champs, it, stuff happens. But um, but you know, I think back to about a month ago when things were were really bad with goaltending. You know, Aaron Dell was giving up tons of goals. You know, they they were getting no help from anybody. You know, they go out and get Malcolm Subban uh, to try to kind of put a tourniquet on things because the team was playing well. But they were getting no results because they weren't getting getting they weren't getting wins because the goaltending was so bad. So, you know, but now you're back to you're back to not even square one. You're beyond square one at this point because Dell's your number one guy now. Hauser, who you know you played at the end of last year as you know because you had goaltending injuries coming out the wazoo last year. It, you know, listen, Hauser Hauser was a great story last year, but now he's now he's your backup again, and you don't know for how long. I don't know, man. Like that's it, it. It feels very defeating, and I, you know, I get, I get why fans have, have begun to be like, throw their hands up and just go, you know what? No, no, not not right now. I got the bills to worry about. Like I got, you know, I got other things I can be doing with my time. I get it. I a hundred percent get it. But it's just, I, I think, I, I, I hope that guys like Granado and Adams don't feel like there's undue pressure on how things are going right now because all of this is just, you know, falling apart. It hasn't even like come apart of the seams. It's just like, you know, it's just kind of crumbled in front of them. And they're just kind of cool. Like, you know, they, they put in all these safeguards along the way to try to, you know, just try to steady things and buoy things out. And it still like falls apart. It's just like, oh, man, like what else can you do? You know, everybody, so many teams in the league have goaltending issues. It's not only like you can go trade for one at this point because was it like not even four days ago we were talking about, you know, Tukarski was, you know, making his way back. He's going to be back soon. You're like, okay, you know, are you sending Lukanen down or are you going to put Subban on waivers? Because if you put Subban on waivers, he's probably going to get snatched up by, you know, one of five teams that, that desperately needs goaltending help right now. Um, so you're just kind of going through those motions. It's like, geez, what are we going to do? And now suddenly you, you have no options because, because now you have, you know, your guy who was your, backup number three in Rochester now as your backup. 
it's hard, man. Like that's, it's so difficult. And even, you know, uh, was it, I think Matt Robson was Rochester starter on Wednesday night and Rochester got up seven, seven to three in that game. And they held on to win seven to six, which you don't like to see that. And, you know, Utica has got their own problems because the devils are decimated by injuries and, and COVID. So it's, you know, it's a, it's an all league thing, but for Buffalo, it's, it's especially difficult just because, they're, they're, they've had so many good things going on for it that now it just seems like it's it's going all, the view of a lot of people is that it's going all for naught because you know they're gonna stink regardless but it's like they weren't aiming for the playoffs you know I've you know I've seen you know I've seen Andrew Peters going off on the team on Twitter and I'm like dude what was your ex- what were your expectations for this team like I, I don't you know if you're thinking this team was gonna be you know pushing for a playoff spot you're out of your mind yeah with UPL specifically the injury, I think we went from, at least I did, I, I don't want to speak for both of us, but I mean, we talked many times about before he even came up, how let's get him as many games in Rochester as humanly possible. Let's get him in front of a net. Let's get him game action every second as much as possible. I think my attitude at least became in Buffalo. All right, well, he's up here. He's certainly played reasonably well. He's played well enough to stay, you know, flawed, warts, not perfect but he's played well enough to be a, a Buffalo Sabre goaltender right now, not a Rochester Amber, in my opinion anyway. So my mindset was, let's see this guy play as many minutes as humanly possible with Buffalo. Let's get him as much experience as possible. That's why this injury, I, don't, I do care, but I don't really care about them losing these games. If they play 15 games without him and they go 0-15, oh well. I mean, that sucks. But I'm more concerned or, or annoyed by the fact that that's 15 games of NHL action and UPL is not going to see because he's hurt. And what the hell with these Sabres goaltenders? Oh, I mean, there's four now on the long-term injured list. We've mm-hmm. seen it last year. Uh, mm-hmm. Leonard got hurt when he was here. Linus Allmark was always hurt. It's like you have to go back to like Bob Swovey and Don Edwards and shit in the early 80s, Tom Barrasso. Before it's, <laughs> if that's the way it feels right now before you had yeah. a, a Sabres goaltender that could stay healthy for more than a month. This team right now, generally speaking, reminds me, I always find a way to use a wrestling reference at least once per episode, at least once every couple episodes. And I'm going to use another one now. It's like when you follow a good guy in wrestling and he's chasing the title and there's Mm -hmm. always obstacles and there's always something. He's just about to get there and something happens and and he doesn't win. There's a screw job. There's always something. Now, I'm not Mm -hmm. talking about the Sabres being good. I just want to see the Sabres with a full roster. I just want to get a good look with all these guys at once. I want to see Alex talk. I want to see Peyton Krebs. I want to see uh, Quinn was up only for one night on Tuesday. I want to ask you about him in a second, but I want to see these guys play together. Like Cousins, you know, he's out. Middle stats out, but then Cousins comes back, but then this guy's out. I mm-hmm. want to see Don Granado coach this hockey team for just even a half dozen game stretch where they got all six, or not all six, where they got like all four of their lines. Like that, what we would expect for this time of year, where they should be, maybe a couple of younger guys are up, whatever. But we're not getting that because it's like, again, between COVID, between injuries, we're, we're getting like an abbreviated view of this roster right now because we just can't see the goddamn roster. That is more frustrating to me right now than what their record is over the last 20-something games or whatever. Yeah, that's – and you know what? That's that's the most frustrating thing, I think, for the coaching staff and the management because they know – you know, even with, you know, even when, if I have to kind of say, if just because, you know, COVID seems to, you know, throw a landmine in front of people uh, trying to put together a full lineup these days. But, um, 
but even you know when they get that full you know that full you know uh complement of forwards back and they can roll four lines and their defense looks as close to their top sixes as it can uh which you know not far off from doing that now at least on the on the defensive side of things right um but you know, forward wise, you know, Tuck's coming back, Opozo's coming back, you know, Thompson, we'll see how long he's out with COVID. But like once you get it back to that spot where you've got all those guys, maybe you can see what they can do and hope that they can play well enough in front of the goaltending that maybe the goaltending doesn't matter as much. Like that, you know, when you've got a full complement of NHL guys in front of a, a you know a you know a number three level guy like Dell is because you know he's he's borderline NHL level you know it's whatever you're being nice I'm yeah I'm 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 I want to see what he can do I want to see what he does now to see if he's improved at all like I want to give the guy a break I've been very harsh on him okay Fair <laughs> all, enough. All you know Fair enough. I don't want to just you know I'm I, I used to be in the burying business I'm not I'm not in a burying I'm not in a burying mode anymore. I've, I've stopped being a, a groundskeeper, I guess, but, um, uh, I, I, I but I do want to see how, like having that full, that full group in front of, you know, whoever's playing goal, see what they can do and see if they can, you know, play well enough to, you know, steal a few wins here and there and, and make up for, you know, maybe, you know, a guy who's going to give up automatically three or four every game, which is not what you want. But that's the reality of of things right now, is because that's what you could be looking at. Because if you know, listen, you saw the way Tampa Bay was able to do things the other night. You know, they're one of the elite teams in the league, and you know that's that's where more teams are than not. I I think you know, especially in the East, because you got so many beastly teams playing so well now. But um, but yeah, it's 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 very tough to try to paint a smile on things right now with just all the guys that are out, the guys that are banged up and, and the goaltending is what it is. It's, it's very tough to be upbeat about anything happening right now. You, you have to, you were already searching to look for, you weren't looking for wins. You wanted to see guys play well. Um, but right now, even the guys you want to see play well, a lot of them aren't even in the lineup now. So it's really tough to watch. Yeah. Um, one thing that, I mean, it only lasted for one game, but if, we're constantly in search of looking for something to be uh, optimistic about. Jack Quinn did make his Sabres debut on Tuesday night against Tampa. And uh, I don't know. I, I thought he looked pretty well. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what were your thoughts? And now he's back down. He's back down to Rochester for now, but mm-hmm. no, and he would have been up probably sooner had he not got mono and missed a month in the call of a couple guys. But anyway, they gave him a look. Um, what were your thoughts? I uh I thought he played really well. He was it was pretty clear he was he was he was jacked up for the game. Like that you know, that's not a pun. That's it's a pun, but it's not a pun and it's not an intended pun. But he was definitely juiced up for that game and he was you know, he had a couple of opportunities there where you know, you could see the excitement. He's just like, "Oh my god, let's go." And you know, he he kind of he took a shot one time and kind of, you know, kind of fell taking it. Like, I get it, man. I I'd be, I'd be this, I'd do the same damn thing. Are you kidding me? Right. Get a wide open look and just be like, "Oh my God, let's go!" You know, I'd, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be choking my stick to death. You know, squeezing, just be like, "Let's go, man, let's play." But, um, but I thought he looked good. I mean, he was, he was able to get some shots away. He probably gets a goal if Victor Hedman doesn't, you know, 
flash in front of uh, flash in front of him to get a block uh, later on in that game. He was a lot of what he did was what he's done so well in Rochester uh, this year. He's been, you know, Mister Right Place, Right Time because you know, the, you know, a lot of people will put that up to luck. But it's like, no, 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 you got to put yourself in those positions to be able to do that. Um, I, you know, I think Cousins might have been a little bit off that game, uh, but he's still, you know, Cousins still does everything right. So even if he's, you know, a little bit off in some ways, he's still better than, you know, probably 85, 90% of the guys the Sabres are putting out there anyhow. Uh, but I thought Quinn was, I thought Quinn played very well. And uh, that kind of peak at what he can do, I think is, it's nice to see because it, it shows that what's going on in Rochester with, with some of the younger guys is, is not, you know, it's not an illusion. It's not, you know, it's not just like they're, they're eating it up against AHL talent. Like they're just, they're playing good flat out, you know, just flat out good. Um, and, you know, Quint, you know, listen, Quinn and Paterka, each time they got, when they got sent back, they had a monster game, first game back. And Quinn had a goal and three assists against Utica on Wednesday. Yeah. But, you know, listen, four, four point games don't just happen for guys. Rochester had two guys with four point games. Oscar Loxanen had four assists. So, um, so it, it's, it's really encouraging to see guys that when they get these opportunities and they know, and you know, part of this is communication too. It's letting these guys know, it's like, all right, you're getting a game here. You're going to go back, but like, just know that you're not getting sent back because you're playing badly. It's just like, this is just how it is right now. Um, and those guys have responded like Paterka has been dynamite. It's unfortunate. He's, he's on, he went on the COVID list, but again, everybody's going to see, it seems like everybody's going to find time on the COVID list this year, but um but, uh, you know, but Quinn going back and just lighting it up again was great to see. And it does raise the question. My pal Lance Lasowski at, at the news said, um, my podcast co- co-host as well, mm-hmm. um, he, he said that he would, he, he didn't, he would lay, rather see him up here in Buffalo, you know, while things are kind of in flux, but you know, it's not going to happen with guys like Tuck and Opozo coming back. Like you're not going to interrupt their development to just, you know, just, just because, uh, just because things are good, you know, because if you're bringing back Tuck and Opozo, like, okay, where are you, you know, where's Quinn going to stay playing? You know, is he going to, you know, does he stay playing with cousins or does he slide down a lot? Like you don't want to do that. Don't mess with it. What you've been doing already is working as far as their development goes. It's been working fine. Don't screw around with it. Just let it be what it is. And then, you know, when the second half of the season comes around and, you know, maybe you've moved some bodies out and uh, you traded some guys, then, hey, maybe it's time to bring them up and see what you can do. Fans of Rochester will hate the hell out of that because with, with those guys around, they, they Rochester is a very dangerous team and could be in the playoffs. But um, but that's, that's neither here nor there right now. But Quinn was... I'm not going to say as advertised because, you know, it means different things to other people, but he was very good. One more thing. And then I want to finish with our starting five draft semi-savers related sort of, Mm -hmm. and we'll deep dive into this maybe a couple of weeks from now, but Jack Eichel this week back on the ice with Vegas practicing. Obviously that's going to be a very touchy topic with Buffalo Sabres fans. (laughs) And I'm saying that shit mildly, As can be, but all right now. So I, I believe they play in Vegas on February 1st and we don't know if Jack will be back for that game. We will assume if there's no setbacks and I, for the record, hope he's not, I want the guy to be healthy as hell, man. Right. March 10th. We talked about this briefly last week, coming back to Buffalo, mark that shit on your calendars, folks. Jack Eichel with Vegas coming back to the, to uh, 
face the Buffalo Sabres in Buffalo, March 10th. All I want to ask you for today, and again, we'll deep dive more into this now, but your sense from being on Twitter, just talking to people, what do you think the fans' reaction is going to be? Let's just kind of fast forward in our mind a little bit to March 10th and Jack Eichel uh, takes the ice and he's touching the puck. What do you think the fans' reaction is going to be? How do you think they're going to treat Jack Eichel when he comes there as a member of the Vegas Golden Knights? I think it's going to be more booze than not, um, just because booze carry carry more sound in the arena. Like people aren't going to cheer him when he touches the puck every time. Like that's don't expect that to happen. But there are going to be guys that that will boo him every time he touches a puck. Like that's you can bank on that. Like every time you mention him on Twitter, there's there's people crawling out of the woodwork to say, you know, well, that guy didn't want to be here. He's a loser. Blah 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 blah. Right. Have your your say, pal. It's it's free free country, man. Have you have your say, but um, but I I I want to say that most people that have a really good grasp of what happened here and how things went here and the way things broke down here, I think we can all understand where Jack's coming from. And you know, like I think we all understand his point of view. Like even the fans this year are not happy with the team and the way things are run. Like nobody, nobody's liked how things have been run here. If anything, there's a jealousy factor because he was able to get out. He was able to get away from it. You know, fans are kind of stuck with your team and you got to live with it no matter what. So, you know, and I know, you know, I, it opens up a lot of discussions, which is, which is good. It's great, great for us. Cause we get, to, <laughs> cause we get to take advantage of that. Sure. Um, but it, it, it opens up the, the talk about, um, you know, how things went, you know, the whole tank season and, you know, how everything was, tr- how they tried to do stuff before. And it's all that stuff has got so screwed up along the way and all of it just got botched all along. And that's, you know, I think that's the part where fans get most frustrated about it. And, you know, listen, there's always going to be a figurehead of it. And because, you know, because Tim Murray's not still here because Jason Bottrell's not still here because, you know, you know, Dan Bilesma, Phil Housley, and, you know, Ralph Kruger aren't still here. You can't boo them all the time. So when Jack comes back to town, yeah, he's, he's going to get booed. And that's not, it's not his own doing, you know, it's, it's going to be a different kind of situation. Well, it's a very different kind of situation. Cause I'm thinking back to when Patrick Kane got booed here in uh, 2015, 2016, there was a big reason why he got booed, but it affected him greatly. I mean, you're a local kid, you're getting booed in your hometown. Like he was, he was near tears after that game. So that was, you know, that's a game that they won. I I think, you know, like that's that, but that's a different, that's a different, it's a completely different situation. Um, but in Jack's case, like him getting booed here, it's, it's not going to affect him. Like it's, you know, it's going to, it's going to roll off his right. back. I agree. Like it, he's, it's not going to bug him, but like, it's going to put a, chip on his shoulder for sure. Cause he's, yeah, cause in his mind and I, I would agree with it. It ain't his fault. Right. No, it wasn't his fault. It wasn't Reinhardt's fault. Maybe not really wrist fault, you know, for how the team was built. Definitely not his, definitely not their fault. And it's definitely not the fault, their fault for the way it was run and the way it was handled. So, you know, but they're going to be the, e- they're the easy people to take out your frustrations on because they're right there in front of you and you're watching them play for another team and probably beating your favorite team and just kind of like, well, why couldn't you do that here? It's like, well, it's not like they didn't try. I agree. I agree 100%. Everything you said, I think the reaction from the fans, generally speaking as a whole, is going to be negative. 
I think um, I think fans are going to boo the shit out of him. I also agree with you. I don't think he cares. I think he's just it's just going to roll off his back. There's hopefully at some point we understand that this could just end up being a trade that's win-win for both sides. I think Vegas gets better with Jack Eichel as a superstar when healthy, and I think the Sabers by getting I don't say getting rid of because I did not want Jack Eichel to get traded. I wanted Jack Eichel to stay here and be happy and and want to lead this franchise, but that just wasn't going to happen. So with Alex Tuck, with Peyton Krebs, with a first-round pick, maybe the Sabres long-term with the the locker room and everything else is maybe both sides just end up winning uh, when it comes to that. All right, let's let's do our starting five draft. This is always my favorite part of the show. Um, last week, I got to look at my notes here. So last week was a good one. It was, it was a good category, and it was a pretty good poll, and I thought it was it was close, man. We did all-time TV game shows. I drafted. The price is right. I had the first overall pick too. I should start putting that out there. I had the first overall pick. I took the price is right. I also drafted Family Feud, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, The Newlywed Game, and uh, The Dating Game. Joe drafted Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, Let's Make a Deal, Pressure Luck, and The Pyramid Show, like 64 different variations of it. You won 21 and nine overall now. 53 to 47. I thought it was a, a good poll. I thought mm-hmm. it was, uh, I thought it was pretty reflective. I thought it was reasonably, you know, sometimes I like to complain when I get my ass kicked. This wasn't an ass kicking, but sometimes I deserve the ass kicking. Sometimes I don't. I think this was pretty reflective on how it should be. I, I think you won this by a little bit. And I think the fans obviously agreed with it. The interaction was good. The numbers were good. Um, the key, which Maybe I should, it's time for me to stop doing polls that have Jeopardy potential in them or Alex Trebek potential in them because Jeopardy, Jeopardy did very well for you. Understandably so, by the way. Yeah. I mean, it's an iconic yeah. staple in, in the United States, in America. It's Americana at its finest. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't surprise me. And I, you know, you got a lot of votes for that, as you should. Surprisingly, though, and I didn't see this coming. You did really, there was a lot of interaction with press your luck. Yeah. That was, um, Mm. that was surprising to me. Good for you though. You know, I think it's just because we don't need to rehash the entire discussion, but, um, but it's just, it's all the, the visuals and the icon, you know, iconography of that show. The like the whammies, everybody knew the whammies, like everybody knew that. And it was like the easy, I don't want to say it's the easiest game show you could play, it was pretty close, but it's, it's, it's a, like, it's easy with the questions, like you get your spins, but then like the play of it, it's total, it's a carnival game, dude. Like it's, it's a complete total carnival game. So you don't even have to be, you you can't be, it's a game you can't be good at unless you're on a completely wild mental frame. Like the one, the one dude who was able to to figure out the the light and, and, panel patterns and it was able to like just soak the show for for a giant payout that's one dude i'm sure there's other people that were capable of it but they weren't they didn't get on the show that guy did everybody else uh uh-uh man all dumb luck all (laughs) complete dumb luck yeah all right well this week is again anything 80s is near and dear to my heart i i love the 80s i live for the 80s i still do it's my favorite era ever we're doing best 80s movie soundtracks um I don't know how the poll is going to play out. Obviously, we haven't even drafted yet, but this right. is one again. Like I said, I'm really looking forward to this one. And based on me going first overall last week with the prices right, 
that's going to put you with the first overall pick here today. So uh, let's get this rolling, man. 80s movie soundtracks. For everyone listening for the first time, we each draft five in snake order. So Joel will go first. I get the next two, so on and so forth. You're up first, buddy. This is, this is, I think this is the worst one to have the number one pick for because you, you're going to get a great pick, but the next person in line gets two also really great picks. So I'm, so I got to pick one that's, that, that's going to really bother you is how I have to do this. I have to pick one that you're just going to be like, come on, man. Like, no, I wanted that one. And to me, that's Top Gun. Okay. Get that. I, I think Top Gun, I, I don't know, man. Danger Zone still hits hard today. People still freaking love that song. Um, even like Take take Your Breath Away. I mean, man, that, that, that I don't know, man. That that's, It's so cheesy, but it's also really good. And then like you have like all the oldie songs on there too. It's, it's freaking good. I don't, I don't need, I don't need to talk up the Top Gun soundtrack, man. The whole thing's good. It is good. It's great. It's, it was in my top. You know what though? I'm going to be honest with you, Joe. I'm looking at my list here as we're talking. Mm-hmm. I only had it four. Take my breath away, by the way. Totally underrated 80s song. Now, oh, I shouldn't say only four. That means it's one of the greatest movie soundtracks of the decade. Mm-hmm. I, I'm telling you now, though, this is this is a personal pick for <laughs> my first one. And I would have taken it yeah. had I had the first pick. I just want to put it out there. I couldn't not pick this and live with myself. I've looked at, and by the way, I looked at a couple. I always do my homework. Not always, but I usually do my homework with these categories. And I'll look at like charts and what people, other people think. This wasn't even on the top 10 of most, but I'm saying it is my number one pick. The soundtrack from Rocky Four. Okay. I fucking love the soundtrack from Rocky Four. You have Burning Heart by Survivor. You have Hearts on Fire, John Cafferty, Living in America, James Brown. There's no easy way out. Put it this way. If this wasn't going to possibly end up on YouTube, a clip, I would totally play some of these clips because I'm telling you right now, I would get so fired up right now. There's no easy way out. It's one of my favorite, like corny ass songs ever. Uh, like I said, um, I, the tiger, I mean, that was from Rocky three, but it's also on the Rocky four soundtrack as well. Plus a couple of original scores. Rocky four is not the best movie, but Rocky four is the best movie soundtrack. It's my favorite of the entire decade. It's cheesy as hell too. I know that, but it's in oh, the, yeah. the eighties for the most part, like top guns, cheesy. It yeah. is, is about cheese. I, I think cheese is the word that's most associated uh, with the 80s. So that's one. Number two, and honestly, I thought you might take this first overall. I'm mm-hmm. jumping. I'm running to the podium to pick this <laughs> as my second pick. And again, people are listening to this. I'm going to flash this on the screen right now. Let me put up my full screen I'm real quick. I'm pretty sure I know you're picking too. Well, let's see if you do. Hold on. Now, now my mouse is messed up here, messing up. All right, here it is. <laughs> I don't know if you can see this. Yeah, yeah, I knew you were. Can you see that, Joe? Yes, I can. For people out there who don't see, I am holding up the Prince Purple Rain album. Mm -hmm. This album is iconic. I got this for Christmas, by the way. My beautiful, sweet daughter bought me a record player and gave me a couple starter albums. And this was one of them for good reason, because she knows it's one of my favorite albums of all time. You got Purple Rain. You got uh, Let's Go Crazy, Wind Doves Cry, which is one of my probably top three to five songs, movie Mm -hmm. soundtrack or not of the entire eighties, beautiful ones. I would die for you. I can go on and on and on and on. So anyway, I feel good about that. Purple rain, Rocky four, you're on the clock. You got two. Yeah, no, that's purple. If you didn't take purple rain, I was going to yell at you. And then <laughs> I was going to take it instantly. Um, Cause there, there, you have no excuse to, to, to pass on that. There's 
No way you could have skipped that one. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. I was like going through and trying to remind myself about, you know, some of these soundtracks because you hear a song and you're just like, oh yeah, it's got to be from that one. And then it turns out it's not from that one. You're just like, okay. Like, I guess it's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's either from like something from like 78 or it's something from like 90, like 90 or 91. And you're just like, God damn it. Come mm -hmm. on. Um, but it also reminded me of some soundtracks where I had forgotten how good they were. Um, and I, I, I feel like I should pocket those. And that's me thinking you're not going to take them. Probably so if not. Cost me. I will own it immediately and scream when you pick, <laughs> when you pick one of those. Um, but, uh, I gotta go with, man, I gotta go with flash dance. Good one. Good one. It's on my list. That's yeah. I, like it's early eighties and like, I, I know it gets forgotten about, but like, not by me. It doesn't No, no. Like, but that's what I mean. Like that's, that's, it's, it's a huge soundtrack. Like that, that was like one of the, the early movies where like the soundtrack was better than the movie. <laughs> Hot take too. In I mean, my mind. what a feeling by Irene Cara is an iconic 80s song, but also from that soundtrack maniac by Michael Zimbello. I love yeah. that song. She's a maniac. Love mm -hmm. that song. Good pick. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's a sleeper pick. We'll see how it plays out with, with fans, but I like that pick. I respect yeah. it. Well, yeah, like there's that. And like, there, there's so many other ones where it's like, there's one big song on it and you're just sure. like, yeah, it came from that one. And then everything else on it is crap. Yeah. And you're like, eh, I don't know if I want to do that. Um, but I think one that really sits well with me just for the overall, you know, picture perfect, like eighties, it's, it's like a greatest hit eighties album in a way. Um, and it's weird because it, <laughs> I don't know, maybe some of these, maybe it's because some, uh, I don't know. I'm overthinking it now. <laughs> I'm overthinking it because it's one I was going to pick. I was like, Oh, this is a great one. But like, Half the songs are from the 70s, so I'm just like, mm, I don't know if that really should count, even though it's from the, like it's a greatest hits album, but it's like it's from the 80s, but none of the stuff is from the 80s. Like, you know, I don't need to, I don't need, I don't, I don't, I don't need to get, I don't need to get called on the carpet. So, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick the one that I said I was gonna, I was gonna pocket. Um, cocktail. Tom Cruise. Okay. Tom Cruise. Good Do you movie. remember the songs that were on? Um, I would have to look, but I do remember that I liked the soundtrack and I loved the movie. That was with Tom Cruise and Elizabeth Shue was in that movie, I believe as well. Yes. I think Elizabeth Shue was in it. I love I that movie. I watched it a million times. Yeah, it's, it's again, total cheese movie. But um, the two big songs on that and one, I was reminded by this, reminded of the soundtrack because of Bob Saget passing this week and he was on full house mm -hmm. and the song Kokomo was on that. Soundtrack. Oh yes, 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 yes. And yes. they full house had a huge episode with the beach boys and Kokomo was like one of the songs they played on there. I think. It was. Okay. All right. That, that makes me feel better because I was just like, mm, I think that was on there, but yeah. Um, but like, that was such a huge, that, that song was all over the radio constantly. And the other one, don't worry, be happy by Bobby McFerrin. Oh, like, holy shit, dude. That's, that's a gigantic song. And it was like, where did that come from? Yeah. It was on the cocktail soundtrack. Like, good okay. One. All right. That's cool. fair. That's a good pick. Again, that's a sleeper pick. All right. So I got two here. 
I am. <laughs> this is this movie. I'm laughing because again, I'm reliving the eighties and this is what I love doing. This shit was so fucking cheesy, this movie, but it's one of my favorite movies to this day ever. And I love the soundtrack. I actually, well, I didn't have this album. By that time I was in the cassette. So I had this cassette and I legitimately had it. The soundtrack from Footloose. I don't know if it, how you feel about that movie, but your boy, Kenny Loggins, I call him Sir Kenny Loggins, by the way, your boy <laughs> is a movie soundtrack guy. You just yeah. talked about Danger Zone from the Top Gun soundtrack. He had I'm All Right from Caddyshack, of course. Caddyshack, yeah. He had Footloose here. Um, yeah, so they had another song on this one, too. I'm Free, Heaven Help the Man from this Footloose mm-hmm. soundtrack. Uh, you had Michelle Williams. Let's hear her. Denise Williams, I'm sorry. Let's hear her for The Boy. Uh, you had song. Almost Paradise with Mike Reno and, and Ann Wilson. They did that duet. Bonnie Tyler holding out for a hero. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I did not like that song at all. I actually kind of <laughs> fucking hated that song. Uh, Dancing in the Sheets by Shalimar. That was a huge album in the 80s. One of the biggest albums of the 80s. The other one I'm going to go with is, uh, which is very, again, very 80s. It fits the theme for me, is the soundtrack from the first from Beverly Hills Cop. Nice. Loved that movie as well, or that movie and the soundtrack. I'm looking at the list here. Neutron Dance by the Pointer Sisters. I still get a little goofy when I hear that stupid song. Uh, <laughs> the Heat is on, Glenn Fry. Yep. Uh, New Attitude by Patti LaBelle. That's still a song I enjoy. Also, and, uh, the theme. The, the theme, Axel F. Axel F. So, yeah, man, those were two very big commercially successful movies, and these were kind of commercial mainstream uh, soundtracks, but I really liked them both. So I'm going to jump at the chance to get both of them. So, yeah, okay. Footloose and... Uh, Beverly Hills Cop. That's going to put you on the clock for your last two. You know what? I, I think you're winning this week because uh, I'm going. With, I need it. You do need it. You need it very <laughs> badly. Um, I'm going to go to the end of the 80s for this one. And because you already took one Prince album, I'm taking another. It's Batman from 1989. Mm. That soundtrack. And I'm not talking the Danny Elfman score, but like the, the Prince soundtrack is a friggin' banger like okay. that is that is prince getting weird and also making some like unreal tunes like uh bat dance is amazing it is a good um, song weird though but good it's, but it's good you weird. are right you are um, right party man i mean the, the whole that whole scene from the movie with with joker having the parade and he's getting ready to poison the entire city and you got Prince Party Man playing through the whole thing and you got Jack Nicholson dancing around and you're just like, hell yeah, let's go, man. Like, I'm down with this Joker guy. Oh, he's going to kill us. Oh, you know, hey. <laughs> that's, uh, I guess that's, what, what What else was I expecting? Um, so yeah, yeah, Batman, like Batman 89, man, dude, I, I freaking love that. Um, okay. If this, was, if this was like a movie scores, 80s movie scores, I would romp all over you. Yeah, this that would be different. I admit that. Mm-hmm. I might not have. Well, I still would have picked the ones I did and probably would yeah, have I, suffered yeah, for it. I don't think you should have. <laughs> I don't think you should change anything. No, doing. I'm not going to. Okay, good. <laughs> good. Um, the other one. See, I'm kind of torn here. Nah, screw it. I'm going to go. With, uh, Dirty Dancing. You fucker. <laughs> i only yeah. oh god damn it yeah i i i was like is it that big of a sound yeah it is it's it's a huge soundtrack like, i i say i say i said that as, as a knee-jerk reaction and i say that for <laughs> one reason only it's only because when you made your when you said batman 
So every week when you do these, just so I don't forget when we, when I read them back, I actually, you know, I have a Microsoft word open and I just type them out as you mm -hmm. put in Batman for my last pick. I swear to you, I swear to God, I typed in dirty dancing as my last pick. <laughs> so I literally was going to run to the podium for a second time today to take dirty dancing. Dude, that, 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 that soundtrack was awesome. I mean, mm. you got the dad, you know, I've had the time of my life. I, I, I'm going to tell you, here's a hot take. Patrick Swayze, She's Like the Wind is a good slow jam, man. I, I yes. like that song. Hungry Eyes. 100%. Hungry yes. Eyes. Those are all original 80s songs. And plus you had a lot of movie or songs from the oldies, a lot of oldies before that era that were on that mm. soundtrack, like uh, Be My Baby by the Ronettes. That was on there. That's a, that's a solid pick. I might like your fifth pick better than your second, third, and fourth rounders, to be honest with you. That's, that's fair. I mean, listen, listen, I had I, I needed something, excuse me, I needed something to kind of kind of bail me out a little bit. So um thank you for not picking it for me. Yeah, I I, I was about I was on the verge because I did have top gun in my top four. I was mm -hmm. on the verge of telling you that I had four of the top five on my list, five of the top six on my list. So if I mm -hmm. lost, it wouldn't be because you stole anything from me, but you did. Nah. And uh, I expect the Top Gun Hopefully to go. Hopefully it throws you off and you make a horrible pick. I was really hoping to hold on to Dirty Dance. No, I'm not going to make a horrible pick because these are all good <laughs> to me. And at least I don't think these are horrible right. picks. Uh, it does come down to two. And I'll tell you which one I don't end up taking afterwards. But I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to play this safe because I was a big fan of his, of his. And he's a big part of the soundtrack too. Back to the Future soundtrack. Huey Lewis in the News had two big songs on there. Uh, Back in Time. And the power of love that was on there. Mm -hmm. um, Earth Angel, there's some oldies on there. Johnny Be Good. So it's a mm -hmm. combination of like Huey Lewis and some new songs or old songs on there. That's my safe pick. Not, not, it's not great. It's not, whatever. It's not a needle mover. All I want to do is not fuck it up. I, I almost joke <laughs> when I was looking at this, I was like, don't, don't make the Jimmy Snooker pick. Don't make the Alex Trebek is overrated pick. That's my only thing about this fifth pick. I was like, don't do something that's going to kill me and have everybody saying, oh my God, this and that. I think that's a nice safe pick. No, it's, it, listen, there is, you have zero. The only one you reached on was Rocky four, but like, honestly, as I, the first pick, I can't, I can't argue that it's the, like, I'll, I'll, your other I'll, picks are totally fine. Like back to the future is a perfectly good uh, soundtrack. Rocky, like Rocky four. I'm going to, I would die on that hill with Rocky four. That, that soundtrack gets me fired up. Completely. All right. So no, I, I, I have it. I own it myself. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to justify that to me in any way. Now, if there's people out there listening to this, they're going to be like, I don't, I don't like that at all. You get, how long have you been listening to us talk about, let <laughs> about, me give you, about let movies me, and soundtracks? Like, come on. Funny. Let me give you. All right. So let me recap. And then I'm going to give you the two other ones that I wanted to mention. All right. So to recap here, Joe took Top Gun. Flash Dance, Cocktails, Batman, and Dirty Dancing. I selected Rocky Four, uh, Purple Rain, Footloose, Beverly Hills Cop, and Back to the Future. Uh, two quick things. Number one, when I was debating at the end, I was debating between Back to the Future and St. Elmo's Fire. I almost took St. Elmo's Fire. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a good soundtrack. And really, again, that movie was like the epitome. John, John Hughes movie, that was like the epitome. Yeah of the eighties of that time, that era man in motion by John Parr is a great song. And there's a lot of instrumental stuff on there. So when you were talking about scores, that's mm -hmm. a really good movie with actual scores. Although there are different types of scores. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then there's another one, and it is from the 80s, and I'm glad neither of us took it. Because if you want to talk about hit songs, nothing we took tonight could touch any of these. There's a the soundtrack from The Big Chill. But here's yeah. the problem. It's an 80s movie and an 80s soundtrack, but it ain't no 80s songs. They're all Motowns. You know, mm-hmm. I'm looking right now. Heard It Through the Grapevine, Good Lovin', Joy to the World, uh, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman, Smokey mm-hmm. Robinson's on there, Tracks in My Tears, My Girl by the Temptations. That's to me, that's that's an 80s movie, but it's not, that's not an 80s soundtrack. Yeah, no, Even if that, that's from that, the that 80s. Me from, from choosing that, because I was like, that's a Motown soundtrack for crying out loud. Like yeah. that's, it's, it's, it's a 50s, 60s, 70s, like greatest hits. It, it genuinely is. Because like every song in that friggin' rules, but it's, there, there's not one 80s song on that soundtrack. No, like, no. I mean, it's just it's the movie that happened in the 80s that has a has a super superb soundtrack. <laughs> None of the songs are from that decade. Let me uh let me get out of here by by saying this. I I will not. I refuse to discount your popularity on Twitter and people voting for you no matter what. Not saying no, you haven't earned like your. Not to, don't get, don't get that twisted. People not, love to take pokes at me. Not to you know, not to diminish your twenty-one and nine record because a lot of these have been thorough, deserved ass mm. whoopings. Mm. I'm gonna say this. I'm not saying it's necessarily going to be seventy-five twenty-five, but if I lose this poll, mm. uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that. That's the, I'm not saying that. Okay. If I lose this poll this week, I am going to be really discouraged. I am going to start to question what I need to do to win these polls. I might have to start ca- uh, questioning starting five drafts in general, because I feel for the, I feel more confident about this one that I have the better roster than I have in a long time. Not that yours are bad. No, I, just, no, no, no. I came to play today, dude. I brought my a game. This was a Josh Allen, 370 yard, four <laughs> touchdown, zero sack, zero turnover game. I just, I just hope you didn't slip at the, uh, on that fourth and goal or a fourth <laughs> and one at inside the five with no. back to the future is all. I don't think you did. I think I, if you don't get over 60% on this one, I'll be shocked. Yeah. Well, I, I, I feel very confident you're going to win this. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'd like to win. So by the way, this will be up on Twitter on Friday. Go to either me on Twitter at Pepperant Tweets or at Joe Yurden. This poll will be up. We'll both have it up. Make sure you check out the Main Estate Podcast. Joe Yurden and Lance Lazowski from the Buffalo News. That drops every Monday. That's getting really good, too. I, I'm really starting to enjoy that. I think you guys are finding your pocket. That's really cool. Of course, subscribe to Joe's Noted Hockey on Substack. Good stuff coming there. I'm sure a lot more coming in the future as well. Bro, this was fun. And by the way, again, everyone's listening to this. But for the first time, we actually did kind of a, a dry run here doing this on StreamYard video as well. So I think we did all right. This is fun, man. I enjoyed this. It, it was good training to try to stay looking at a camera instead of just like me farting around doing whatever I'm doing over you're here. You're better at it than I am. Looking I, at stuff and like, yeah. You're better at it than I am. I got a lot of work to do, jerking my head around and moving and looking to the side and stuff like that. But good time, brother. Always fun, man. Always a good time with you, man. <laughs>